Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Nun Tes in Maseches Psachim. We start with Nun Ches Amin Bez, second line up from the very bottom. Tanur Banon. Until now, we've been talking recently about the fact that the Korban Pesach is very unique, and one of the unique aspects is that it's brought after the Korban Tamid Shel Bein Harbaim. There are no other Korbanos that are brought after the Korban Tamid Shel Bein Harbaim. In fact, we finished off Daf Nun Ches Amin Bez talking about the source for such a thing. It says, Hashlamim, right? Alea Hashlam Kol HaKarbonos Kulan. We will see. This is a mitzvah assay. It's interesting. It's not formulated as a los assay. In other words, to bring a korban after you bring uh, the korban tamin shalbein harabayim is not an aver, a los assay, but it's a violation of the assay of bringing the korban tamin shalbein harabayim last. However, the psachim is not exactly the only exception, and that is going to be uh, the topic of today. Okay, as we proceed. The fact that it's an assay is also going to be relevant, as you'll see. I, I've, I've teased it enough. We can begin. So here we see a brisa that shows you that after the Korban Tamid Shalbein Arbaim is brought, the Korban Pesach isn't the only activity that goes on over here in the base of Mikdash. You have may be rebuilt soon. Okay. We have after the Korban Tamid, the Korban Pesach, obviously only on the day they bring the Korban Pesach, right? And then after the Korban Pesach, they bring the Ketores, right? Which is basically you're burning incense. Right, you, you're burning incense really twice a day. You burn it once in the morning also, and, all, and then once again later in the evening. Okay, and then Kateris Kodemes Leneros. And then you light the menorah. So at night, as we arrive at Nantesim Aleph, we see that at night, we are setting up the ambiance, as I like to call it, right, with the incense and the, and the, and the romantic lighting, so to speak. Okay, so we have the lights, we have the incense, and that goes on all night. Now, what's the source of the idea that you do the Korban Pesach after the Korban Tamid? The Gemara wants to know. So says the Gemara, here's the source. In other words, the Korban Pesach has two allusions to the fact that it's done, that it's done at night. Right? It says, it says, right? So it says that it should be right or right in the evening. This is with regards, obviously, to the Korban Pesach. And then in Shmos, it also says, Kahal Adas Israel Bain Ha'arbaim. Alright? So one's a safe for Dvarim, one's a safe for Shemos, but you have two different Psukim. One telling you that you bring the Korban Pesach at night in the evening, and the other one says Bain Ha'arbaim. So since we have two allusions to the evening, it's the eveningest of them all. It's the one, therefore, that's brought, says the Gemara, um, after the one where it only says simply Bain Ha'arbaim. Right? Bain Ha'arbaim is referring to the Korban Tamishel Bain Ha'arbaim, as we quoted yesterday. Okay. So that is a sort of a logic. Um, and we can make that inference. We could say that if something is emphasized, doubly emphasized, that it's done later in the evening, that that would be the reason why we bring it afterwards. The Tosvos asks uh, an interesting question here. The very first Tosvos, just two lines. Right? In other words, this is an interesting idea of as we know, a lot of times we have to make decisions as to what we're going to do first. And so when we have to make such decisions, we say, well, typically just do that which you do commonly first. Right, if you're deciding whether, I don't know, you should learn, uh, right, an, an analogy would be if, if you're deciding whether you should uh, learn dafyomi or learn something you learn weekly, so do the daf first, right? We do the, the thing that's most commonly done every day first, and certainly the tamid, shalbein arabayim, which is brought, tamid, all the time, it's brought daily, 
every evening should precede the Garben Pesach anyway. So why do we have even have to learn this? So the answer is, well, that idea of deciding the order of things based off of Tadir Shainab Tadir, Tadir Kodem, is really when all things are being equal. That's like a tiebreaker, right? If all things are being equal, so then you have to decide to so do the one that you do most commonly first. And we utilize, we utilize that principle often in Allah, right, when we have, when we have those uh, issues. However, right, when it's an actual reason to do one before the other, like in the particular case of Alea Hashlem, when the Pasuk specifically tells you that, right, that you're supposed to do the um, Korban Tamid last, so then in that case you would need an extra Pasuk to teach you otherwise, because that's not everything being equal, right, you actually, if you were in violation of the say, that even if the Korban Pesach was not Tamid, we would have to consider doing it uh, beforehand. Anyway, even if the Korban Pesach, right, in other words, then the idea of Tamid uh Tadir Kodem is not what we're going to utilize because that is only as a tiebreaker, but not as a fundamental. It's not going to go after Pasuk if we have other considerations. Okay. So, be that as it may, that's why we bring the Korban Pesach afterwards because it has two allusions to Barav and Bein Arbayim. However, the Gemara asks, when it comes to Katoris and Neros, according to the Brisa, we first bring the Korban Tamid, then we bring the Korban Pesach, then we start setting up the incense and, and, and the lighting. So why are we doing the incense and lighting after the Korban Pesach? That should be last, because after all, as we just said, the Korban Pesach is the only one of them that has the double emphasis of both Ba'erev and Bein Ha'arbaim. When it comes to the Neros, all it says, Uvahalos Aharon Esad Neros, Bein Ha'arbaim Yaktivana. So that is simply a one allusion to Bein Ha'arbaim. So why is it done after the Korban Pesach? So the Gemara answers to that, Shaini Hasam, Demir Rahmana Oso, Ditanya. What's the Pesach say, Oso? Oso, the Pesach, when it's talking about the guitarist says, Yaruch Oso, Aron of Anav, Me'erev Ad Boker. I'm sorry, the menorah. It says, With the menorah, Yaruch Oso, Aron of Anav, Me'erev Ad Boker. Okay, so the menorah, it says it should set it up, Me'erev Ad Boker. Aha. So there's a limud here that you're setting up the candles for all night. There's one thing that's lasting throughout the night. That would imply that that's the last thing. How so? Let's see the Gemara. Tain Lami Dasa. You learn from Yaruch Oso, Aron of Anav, Me'erev Ad Boker. Tain Lami Dasa, the menorah should have. Enough oil should head to like us me erev ad boker. They should light all night. Or alternatively, what it means is that the only avoda that's really valid, right, from the evening until the morning is the sliding of the menorah. Okay, so that is somewhat uh, of an answer because it really means that this is really the last, right, this is the last avoda. It's the one avoda that really is sort of the last thing that we do at night. And the first thing that we do in the morning, the one thing that kind of holds us over throughout the night is the lighting of the menorah, and therefore that should be the very last thing. The lighting of the menorah. Very nice. Or, my taima, so Amar Kra, what's the reason? Uh, how, how do we learn that? That's the only thing that is Okay, so that has to do with the Neros. And then the Gemara says, finally, why, what does that have to do with Ketoros? Why is Ketoros also here? That, where, that possibly was regards to Ketoros. It says, it's Ketoros al Neros. And Ketoros is, in fact, is going to do, is going to be treated the same way that the Neros are going to be treated. Very nice. Wait, the question is, why? What does Ketoros have to do with Neros? So you have to look at the Pasuk. Pasuk says, Uvahalos Aronis al Neros, Bein Harabayim, Yaktivana. When you learn about the Ketoros, the Pasuk explicitly says, right? In Shemos Lamed Ches, Paraglamed Pasuk Ches, it says, that when they, when they light the Neros, that's when the, they burn the Ketaros. So that's, in fact, those two are totally intertwined. And therefore, you bring the Neros with the Ketaros, and you do it at the end. Once you've done everything, once the dust has settled, the blood is drained and all this, you are setting up Neros and Ketaros, and it's going to be this calm vibe. Okay, that is how we do it. Now, that's the first 
uh, version of the brisa. There is, a, however, as we're about to quote, 13 lines down, a second version, a second brisa, that has the order a little tiny bit different, as follows. Vitanya, we learn in the brisa, kikushin, relevant to our question, our question of the Korban Pesach being after the Korban Tamit Shabbat Nabayim, and it says as follows. Tamit kodem elektores, kodem kodemus laneros, veneros kodemus la Pesach. Okay, there the order has some similarities. First of all, the Korban Pesach is still after the Korban Tamit, so we have the same issue. And the Ktoris is still before the Neros, so we still have that uh, oh-so aspect of Neros being last, um, or at least later than Ktoris. But the problem is that instead of the Korban Pesach being before the Ktoris and the Neros, the Korban Pesach, according to this Brisa, is the very last thing. Wow. Ktoris Kodemus and Neros, when Neros Kodemus Pesach, here the Korban Pesach is being done the very last. Says the Brisa, Yuchar, a source, and the reasoning is, the reason we had said earlier, right, if we have really what, what's going on here is two competing limudim. The fact that it says both by Arab and Bain Arbaim, by the Korban Pesach, indicates that that should be the very last thing. However, the fact that it says, oh so, by the Neros, and then by association with the Ktoris, that indicates that they should be the very last thing. And sure enough, we have Bryce's that tell us both, that uh, one says that the Pesach is after the, the Neros and Ktoris, or Ktoris and Neros, as it were, and the other one has the the Ktaris and Neros later. And that's what the Gemara is now going to address. It says the Gemara, Vaxiv Oso. Okay, we have the Lima of Berev and Bein Arbaim being together, bringing the, indicating that the Pesach would be last, but we also have the Oso, which indicates that the Neros should be last. So what gives? The Gemara answers, Hi, Oso, me the Lamute Avodah Shibifnim. That this version of the Brisa that has the Korban Pesach last is learning something else from Oso. It says it's just excluding something that's performed inside, very just inside the Bifnim, which is the Ketaris. Because after all, right, it's most reasonable when it says also to exclude the Ketaris, which is to say, this is why the Ketaris is before the Neros. Because again, the Menorah is inside, and the Ketaris is inside. But the Korban Pesach, that's outside in the Chatzar. So that's how Rashi explains it. Rashi's saying, since the Korban Pesach is outside in the Chatzar, so when it says also, it's not really excluding everything everywhere, it's just excluding that which is uh, in the inside, which is to say, this is how we know that the Neros follow the Ketaris, that it's the last thing after the Ketaris, and in fact, that ends up being the case. Then both prices, the nearest are after the Ketoris, that's consistent. And so that's what also I was trying to teach you. Okay. So as the right as the Gamaria says, Hayo Somi Bailo Mutha Vodash Bifnim, my new Ketoris, Saga Lai Tachamino, you might have thought, Hoyok Shivalos Aronas and Nairos Bainar by Mekti Rena. Right, there may have been a thought. The Pasik itself, right, makes it sound possibly like the Ketoris should be after the Neros. Right? This is why you need a Lima to teach you otherwise. Because the Pasik's order, the order there is that when Aaron a coin is going to light the Neros, that's when he fires up the incense. Well, that sounds like first you got the Neros and then the incense. But it is ambiguous enough that when you have the Pasuk of Oso, you can say the following. You can say, Amos, as the Gemara, So you might have thought that first you light the Neros and then you uh, bring the Ketaris based off of the order in the Pasuk. The Pasuk teaches you with the language of Oso with regards to the Neros, right? And so that is how you learn that first you like, so for, that, that's how you learn, right? That first you um, fire up the Ktaris and then you do the Neros last, um, or at least relative to the Ktaris. Okay. So then says the Sigmar, El Bain Harbaim Yaktiren Alamali. So how do you explain the fact that it just says Yaktiren Bain Harbaim? So the Gemara answers, no, Hakikam Marachmana. The Elam Shimon, like a Neros, to him, Miktarak Ktaris. It just means that at the time that you're lighting the Neros, the Ktaris uh, the should already be burned. Okay. So again, that, that is not how you necessarily would have understood the Pasuk to begin with, but at least you know that the order is the Ktaris is burned. And then the Neros are lit. And then there's just two versions of the Brisa. One version has the Korban Pesach afterwards, um, because it gives precedence to the idea of the fact that it says, Bain Arbaim, both the Korban Pesach. The other one has the Korban Pesach before, because it, it holds that the word Oso, right, it, which is in reference to the Neros, is not only modifying the Neros with respect to the Ketaris 
and saying that the Neros are after the Qataris, but it even it says that the Neros are after the carbon Pesach, which are uh, right, which is done outside in the Chatzar. Very good. Okay, so we've analyzed the end of the day, the exceptions. I promise there's no more exceptions that are of anything that's brought after the carbon shell Ben Arbaim. I already know that I'm going to break a promise even within this stuff. I'm going to, we're going to learn one more exception. So it wasn't really a promise. Anyways, so that's with Ben Arbaim for now. Let's, in the middle of the page, or for you orthodontists out there, 33 lines up from the bottom on the Testament Aleph, so before the Tamit Shel Shachar is also a time where typically you don't make a Korbanus. Just like you don't do one after the Tamit Shel Ben Arbaim, you don't make a Korbanus before the Tamit Shel Shachar. As follows. Says the Gemara. So as we said, Kitaris is brought in the evening and it's also brought in the morning. So Kitaris is done at the end of the long day and before we bring the first Korban as well. How do we know that with respect to the Kitaris? Right, the double Boker, just like the double evening by the Korban Pesach had been important. The double Boker here tells you this is the first thing in the morning. Good. Okay, Right. Um... So let the right let the katoris be right. This is just fleshing out what we said. Where it says it should be before that which it only says boker once, right? Which would be the carbon tamid, right? Um, the carbon tamid of the morning it only says boker once. So the beginning of the Brisa just mentioned the limud of Boker Boker, which you should use the Kataris is before the Korban Tamid Rashal Shachar. Good. The end of the Brisa gave us the aforementioned fourth exception, which we teased just a minute ago, which is that not only after the Korban Shabbat Shabbat, not only to bring the Kataris and the Neros and the Pesach, but also this Mechusar Kippurim on Erev Pesach. Remember this guy? Who's the Mechusar Kippurim? So as we said, if you have a zav, a zav, a mitzvah, you led this. We've already discussed this in the context, context of truma. They go through a procedure, right? They have to bring korbanos. They have to bring korbanos on the seventh day. They do uh, tvila, right? They on the seventh day they uh, they dunk in the mikvah. After that, they can eat meiser. Then they have what's called ha'er of shemesh. Once the sun sets after the tvila, they can already start eating truma, and then they have to bring a korban, and then that's called mechusar kippurim. Between the Arab Shamash and the Korban, the Mechusar Kippurim, once they bring Korban, then they can already eat Kanshin. Okay. So now, right, and then that's, they're going to have to eat, they're going to bring their special, their special Korbanos on that eighth day. Okay. And therefore, once they bring their Korbanos, they can already eat Kanshin. Now, why is this relevant here? Well, it's very important because what if you're one of these unique cases, a singular case, you're a Mitzorah or a Zav, which means you're a dude, right? This is talking about males who have to bring the Korban Pesach. As fate would have it, your eighth day falls out on Erev Pesach. Oh. So now, you didn't bring your carbon yet. You could have brought your carbon right, on that eighth day, and that would be perfect. But you haven't brought it yet. Well, now that you haven't brought it, you can't eat kachim yet. The carbon Pesach is kachim. Once you uh, have this obligation of eating the kachim, if you don't eat the carbon Pesach, you can be chayiv and karis. Right? You have to, that's a very serious idea. You're supposed to eat the carbon Pesach. It's, a very, it's another unique aspect of the assay of carbon Pesach. However, you're still a mechuser kippurim. So it's for that reason that we say that you have to, or we're going to allow you, even though the carbon tamid had already been brought. In other words, right, the carbon tamid, and this is going to play into, fa- into effect what we said before. There's a chivase of bringing the carbon tamid last. Okay. The Torah says the Qataris and Neros are an exception. So the chivase doesn't apply to that. 
right? And that's why I tell you it doesn't apply. That's just an exception to the rule. But here we actually have to make some deductions because we have a chiyav asay of bringing the carbon pesach, and we have a chiyav asay of bringing the carbon tamid last. But the carbon tamid shal ben arbaim has already been brought, as I mentioned already in the beginning of the parak, right? Of tamid nishchat. Maybe the reason why this individual was uh, confused was because the carbon tamid shal ben arbaim is in fact brought an hour earlier on erev pesach. He thought hey, he shows up for the two thirty mincha, and he's like, hey, we already davened at one thirty. It's erev pesach. Come on, get with the program. So he missed it. But now he's got a conundrum because he's got a chiv say of kares, of carbon pesach, and you have a chiv say that doesn't have a kares associated with it of bringing the carbon tamid last. So to this individual, we say, okay, because our chiv say is so strong, we're going to make an exception. Let's read this all inside. So first of all, Tovel Shenis is just another interesting chiddush, you could so call it, that right, he already did the original, original tvila, and then at that point we were waiting for the, he, was, the, he became a tvul yom. Just you should know that after he brings the carbon, you also, uh, you're also dunking the mikvah again, and then you're really ready. Okay. So be that as it may, that is the Tanakama in this b'risa. Tanakama holds that the one exception to the additional exception to the rule is the Mechusiki Purim on Erev Pesach. However, Rabbi Shmal, Beno, Shalbi Yochan, Berka, Omer, Af Mechusiki Purim, Bisharim, Mosashana, Shetovah, Ocha, Bakachim, Erev. Wow. But this is not just an isolated, like, one million case of a guy whose eighth day falls out on Erev Pesach. This could be a daily case. A daily case. Um, Burbam almost fest, fell off his chair. We were learning this slide, last night. I said, this could be a Tuesday in July. And he almost fell off his chair because he says, uh, or it could be, um, you know, a, a Tuesday in January. Because apparently, um, Rabbi Arye Leibowitz, the great Dafyomi master, said, or it could be Tuesday in January. And then he said, ah, Dafyomi coincidence. But that's a, that's a synthetic Dafyomi coincidence, isn't it? That's a straw man. Okay. Anyway, so he, so he said, anyway, it could be Tuesday in July, right? Because, July, January, it doesn't matter. So, in other words, right, this conundrum really can happen every day. A guy shows up late for Mincha, and it's his eighth day, right? And so now he has to, Right, uh, deal with this conundrum. He has the assay. It's still an assay to be able to eat the shlamim, to be able to bring that carbon on the eighth day. Uh, however, it's not an assay that carries a courage with it, the same way of the carbon pesach, but still, right, holds that, you know, listen, this is a very important thing, and for this, we're going to allow an individual to bring his carbon even after the minchas already been so to speak, even after the carbon has already been uh, brought. Okay, why should Amazing. We're going to let him uh, bring his carbon and and then do his second tevila and then eat his kachim in the evening. We're going to see that this is going to be modified. Rishma is going to have to be modified such that much of the carbon had to have been brought before the carbon tamin. But without further ado, we'll read it inside. Says the Gemara. I understand the Tanakhamu says that this is a very singular event that happens in Erev Pesach because Yavase de Pesach sheyesh bokares. See, I wasn't making it up. You, because we have an asay doche asay here. Now you might ask yourself, is there is there a lot of asay doche los asay uh, hawk over here? Yeah, you better believe there is. Because after all, we know the concept of asay doche los asay. Classically, let's say tzitzis. You can have tzitzis that are you learned the beginning of your bamas. We'll get to it at some point, Bezat Hashem. Right? The, um, in the first, in the first uh, blot over there in Yavamos is, is like three or four blot devoted to the concept of Asei Docholos Asei. It's hard enough to keep all the, all the dictums of the Torah, but sometimes they even contradict each other. So, right? so when they contradict each other, it's very interesting. So now you, we have a Chiddush, then Asei is Docholos Asei. We usually think of a Los Asei as being more Hummer than an Asei. But if the only way you can accomplish Tzitzis, let's say, is if you need it to, in a certain context, is if to have a violation of Shatnes, right? So if you can avoid it, so then obviously, right, there are a lot of different uh, halachas that they have to be simultaneous and unavoidable, etc., etc. You see all that. You, when we do that, maybe we'll do it with all the tosas and we'll see. Um, well, but be that as it may, 
right? We have sometimes the idea being that if you have two psukim that are teaching you simultaneously opposing things, so how do you know where to go? So we have, right, parameters. We have laws. So with say that's a chiddish, because typically we think that losase is more chamar. But if we say the only way to accomplish this is doing the losase, so that's like Torah, the Torah teaching you the exception, and therefore you do the assay. Here you have two assays, and they're both kind of, even though it's circumstantial, right, the guy put himself in this position. He could have Right, brought his korban earlier on his eighth day, and then he wouldn't have this conundrum. But as as it turned out, he didn't. So now he is faced with a true conundrum: Does he do the assay of the korban, of the uh, korban pesach, uh, or do the assay of the korban uh, of of the end of his right purification period, or does he do the assay of doing the korban tamid last? So the gemara is saying, in the case of the korban pesach, that's an easy that's an easy conundrum because you have say the pesach sheish bokaris say the hashlamah sheish bokaris. Right, the korban pesach clearly would seem to trump. As it were, the korban of hashlama, the idea of hashlama, because one has kares and the other doesn't. El Rabbi Shmuel ben Yechonon Broka, who says that this could be a daily occurrence, my omed the high assay, me high assay. How are you going to say? Why would he think that the assay of doing this this last korban and bringing this last korban is more important and thus allowed to be done after the assay of bringing the korban tamshul ben Abayim last? So to that, the Gemara answers: Amar Ravina, Amar Chista, Hacha bechatas haofaskinan. Chista has the following. Um, resolution of the conundrum. He says, no, we must be talking about the the poor Mitzorah. In other words, Mitzorah, who has a lot of money, is going to bring the beef. But Mitzorah, who is an ani, uh, Mitzorah at the end, on that eighth day, is actually, as we'll see, he's bringing a lot of carbonas. He's bringing an ola, he's bringing an asham, he's bringing a chatas. So the lamb for the asham, I don't think he can get around. Right? And he's bringing a bird for an ola, so that, that he's bringing. But he's bringing the bird uh, for the chatas, as opposed to the, right, for the chattis, he can bring either a bur- a meat or chicken. So he's bringing chicken, so to speak, because he's bringing fowl, uh, because of the fact that he can't afford the beef. Okay. So why is that significant? Because when you bring the chicken instead of the beef, you know, it's not literally a chicken, it's a bird, but I'm calling it chicken instead of beef. Okay. Um, then you bring the bird instead of the, the, the beef, right? In such a case, right, you're, all you're getting is the blood. In other words, you're not eating that. You're not eating that oaf, the chattis oaf. And because you're not eating the chattis oaf, then it's not a problem. All you're doing is sprinkling the blood, and that's not what we call bringing a korban after the tamid, right? There's no assay here because you brought the korban tamid last. Afterwards, right, all you're doing is, is bringing the blood. So that's already okay. Okay, so now, in other words, it's not really considered bringing a korban after the tamid. That was, we call that the terrace of Ravchista. Okay, and that's how, uh, that's how he's answering this idea of Yishmael B'nosheb Yochanan and Broka. Um, it occurred to me just now that, you know, one could say that with regards to the Neros and the Ketorahs also. That's not really a Korban either, right? That's, or maybe it is. In other words, it's certainly not a bonus, a Mikdash, right? But it's not, it's not actually putting something on the Mizbeth. So put that aside for now. Anyway, uh, I think the answer might be that it's just, that in other words, that is a, uh, that, that is an av- a true Avoda. And here, Eilam Mizbeth El Adama, maybe that's even happening before, because we'll see in the Hamshech that, right, we know already that there is a, a process, right? First you do the Shechita, and then you do the blood, and all the blood services and the spritzing, and then you put the animal on the Mizbeach and you burn it. So this is, becomes relevant because we're going to see that the one thing that you're not allowed to really do is put an animal on top of the Mizbeach and burn it to eat, right? That's the one thing that can't be done after the Korban Toda Shalbein, the Korban Tamid Shalbein Arbayin has been brought. That's the one thing that you can't do. We're going to see that the second Teretz, which is coming up right now, is going to even highlight that more as we continue. And we say, if Papa Amar, he gives an unbelievable answer. He says, Afilu Tehim Bechatas Let's say you have a more wealthy Matora, right? And so he can afford more than chicken, he's bringing beef. Amazing, amazing. What is he doing? He actually brings the Korban 
And that happens, we'll see, before the carbon Tom Shilbain Arbaim is brought. But sure enough, it's, he's brought it so late that he has to actually lift up, bring the carbon, and put it on the Mizbeach, but he can't burn it. Because that's the one thing you can't do. The one thing you can't do is cook that carbon chatas, after you've already brought the carbon Tom Shilbain Arbaim. But to put it on the Mizbeach is okay. Wow, that's an incredible, that's an incredible limud. Right? It says, Malina Baruch you put it overnight. Right? So you already did the Zrika Saddam. That was important. Right? But this idea is that you could put it on the Mizbech and you could leave it there and then you're not in violation of being Makariv, right, the Korban afterwards, even though you're putting it on the Mizbech. That's not the key. The key is burning it and then eating it after the, the or, or just burning it on the Mizbech. And here you're not going to burn it on the Mizbech. You're going to leave it until the next night without burning it. Right. Yesterday we were concerned that the Korban Pesach is going to spoil. Right. So, so that the fact is, first of all, wouldn't it spoil? Also, isn't it a violation of Nosar? Right? Now, first of all, I don't think you're going to eat this. Right? So, we're not as necessarily concerned that it's going to spoil. Carbon Pesach, you're going to eat, obviously. Right? That's, that's essential to the Akarvas Carbon Pesach. And we're going to be learning a lot more about Kachim and Carbonus overall. But over here, the, the, the other question is even if it does spoil, are you allowed to put it on these bath and let it spoil? I mean, like, is that how you bring a Korban Chatas? And when are you going to burn it? So, when we get to Zvachim, we hear that leaving it overnight is actually lina, that that iser, which we know is an iser, right, is only if it's not laying on top of the mizbeach. That's the amazing part. Leaving it on top of the mizbeach, even though, as common says, it's going to spoil, the animal can actually leave a chatas on top of the mizbeach over, overnight. It's going to spoil, but he's not eating it. He's burning the chatas the next day. Now, it's going to be interesting, we're seeing the Gemara. You can't burn it before the carbon because remember, the carbon has to be the first thing that's burnt in the day. So you can't burn it uh, after the Korban Tamish Shal Ben you also can't burn it before the Korban Tamish Shal Shachach. So what's going to end up having to happen is the Kohanim are going to, and we'll see this in the Gemara coming up, the Kohanim are going to have to discern if there's any such animals left, Korban Oschatas, from the night before, right, they're going to have to wait to burn those animals and sort of make, keep track of what's on top of this Mizbeach. They're going to have to burn those animals after they've burnt the Korban Tamish Shal Shachach. Amazing. Now, when is the Kapara being taken place? So, whereas we'll see, the Kapara for certain Karbanos, right, is done by the eating of the Kohanim. The, we're going to see that. Uh, however, when you have the Khatas, the Khatas is just being all burnt. So that, the Kapara is done by the Hazas Adam. So there's certain, like, very important times, the, the most essential times for the Kapara. So for the, for the, um, for the Khatas, it's the actual Hazas Adam, which he did before the Tamid, Ashal Bein Harbain. But then once he did that, you could just stick it on top of the Mizbeach, let it rot, as common says, overnight. And then the next day you burn it, but after the Tamil Shulchan. Let's see. So that is the suggestion of a papa, an interesting suggestion. Okay. Now, with regards to the first answer, the first answer was it's just a bird. It's just a bird anyway. And since it's just a bird, all we're doing is all we need to do is spritz the blood. And therefore, we're not really bringing a carbon anyways. And therefore, but we already said, what do you mean it's just a bird? That's the carbon chatas. But this is Asherman and Ola. What are you going to do about those? And you can't get away, right, with doing just a bird for those. Because as we said, right, the Asherman is going to have to be uh, Bahama. So let's see. Right? It's going to be a lamb. So says the Gemara. Yeah, but the Torah is bringing a carbon asham. What are you doing with that? So, Bish of Papa. I can understand the coin of Papa. I need the Malin law. Yeah. So the asham, okay, fine. So you have the beef, you have the animal. Just stick it on the top of his back, let it burn in the morning. How's Rav Chista, whose whole answer is based on the fact that it's a bird for a poorer Mitzvah, how is he going to deal with this? So the Gemara says, Amre Shakarav Ashamo. Okay, well, the case was where he already brought his carbon asham. In other words, he's running in late. He knows he's up against the clock. He's a little bit of Shlomazel. He's a Johnny come lately. He's got all this stuff with him, but he knew well enough. Right, he's used to this. Like he does this every time. Right, so he already knows uh, that that right that that he brings the korban asham first, 
It's like Lahavdil, right? The guys who uh, come late to davening, they, they know the halachas of which psuke de zimra, you know, like the back of their hand, uh, which ones you can do. So this guy already knows. He brings his carbon for first because he knows he's going to have, uh, he's going to run up against the clock and he's poor enough. Uh, maybe there's a correlation and he's poor enough that later it's just a bird and so therefore he's just fully organized in his disorganization, right? When it comes to the base of English, he already brought his carbon fine. So the Gemara says, what about the ola, right? Let me say, wait a second. You don't need the carbon ola uh, for kapara, v'hatanya, but Rabbi Shmuel, uh, Rabbi Broka says that it does because in a different context that's very relevant to us, the very same Rabbi that yes, that he needs to bring the Ola and he needs the Chatas and the Yashim, all of that is going to be Me'akev for him to have his Kapara, so therefore he also has to bring the, the Ola. And also, don't tell me, don't tell me that he already brought the Asham and he also brought the Ola. Just as you said by Asham, right, to, to support, right, Rav Chista, to say they already brought the Asham, don't tell me that he also already brought the Ola. Can it be that somebody brings the Ola before the Chatas? We say that the Chatas has to be brought first. Why are we saying first? In other words, if just to teach you that you typically have to bring the chattas before the ola, we don't we don't need that because we already have the pasuk telling you that the ola is brought second. The pasuk literally says the ola is brought after the chattas. No, but we're learning a more fundamental general principle with regards to the carbon chattas. What? That any time you bring an ola and a chattas, the chattas has to right come first. And we learn what if you really knew Kachim would feel like a huge Kiddush, which is that even if the Chattas that you're bringing is a chicken Chattas, it's going to come before the beef, the beef Ola. Always the Chattas first. Fine. So the says, Amarava, shiny Ola's Mitzara. That what's the difference here, the answer here is that the Ola of a Mitzara is different. The Rahmana Amar, as we turn to the Testament base, at the almost auspicious time of 614 a.m., with regards to the Mitzara specifically, the term Ve'elah can be uh, translated as he brought it up, that he already brought the Ola before the Chattas. Wow. That he already brought the Ola before the Chattas is a unique aspect of the order of Karbanas of this Mitzorah, who on the eighth day brings an Asham, an Ola, and a Chattas. Well, in our case, he brought the Asham, he brought the Ola already. And then, only then, in this unique exception, he can bring the Chattas afterwards. And so, brought the Asham, brought the Ola, then the Tamishal Ben Arbaim was brought, and now he's bringing a Chattas. Well, according to Chista, the Chattas, if it's a bird, it's okay. And that is the answer to why this could be an actual daily conundrum in the base of Mikdash. Okay. Now, just to elaborate, Amalei Rav Shaman Bar Avala Rav Papa, right? Rav Papa had a different suggestion. He didn't say that the issue was a bird. Rav Papa said that, no, yeah, even if you brought beef, just throw it, throw it on top of the, of the Mizbech, let it rot, we'll burn it after the corporate Tamishal Shachar in the morning. However, it says, Says Roshaman Baraba to Papa, who just you who just said that we're not going to bring the carbon of because we already brought the carbon Tamishal Ben Arbaim, we're just going to throw it and not burn it on top of the Mizbeach. Right? Or are we going to do something that might bring the Kohanim to right to air? What would be the issue? Because the Sabri the Yomahu also like Ture. We're putting them in a situation, right, where they might think that it's still the carbonus of, of that day, right? And therefore they're going to burn it. And they're going to burn it after the Tamishal Ben Arbaim. This, this also, right, light fires up a whole debate about whether the Kohanim can do this on behalf of someone else, right? Right, we know the idea of, right, a person doing, we learned this in Shabbos, Ridiyas Hapas, right? Can a person who knows, right, Ridiyas Hapas means, can a person who knows, Ridiyas Hapas was an Issa Darabanan, if you might recall, to take the bread out of the oven. So let's say somebody puts the bread in, uh, right before, uh, right, starts baking bread, right, on Shabbos. Well, before it's baked, it's not an Issa. So therefore, you could save your friend by taking the bread out. However, that's an Issa Darabanan. Do you do this Issa Darabanan to avoid your friend's Issa Darabanan? Well, that becomes uh, relevant here. Do the Karbana, are the Kohanim, right, 
they're really the ones doing the Avera. Um, are we, but, what, but be that as it may, the issue is, how could Rapapa suggest that we throw the korban on top of the Mizbeach? Now it's a whole jumbled mess, and they don't know what they can and cannot burn, right? Because I mean, they're not allowed to burn that which was really supposed to be left, that is for the next day. In other words, they're burning everything. Now, korbanas, which they already did, they're allowed to burn, of course, because those were brought before the korban, um, right? That would probably should be in our buying. But th- these were not burned yet, so that's a problem. The Gemara says it's not really a problem. Amalei, he answered, Rapapa said, no, Kahanam's reason, hey. These guys are pros. They know, they know what's what on the Mizbech. They're keeping track. They're holding. So because they know, don't worry. They get it. They understand. So when they see the Johnny come late leaves, they say, yeah, yeah, put it over there. They have a special section for it. They know exactly what's going on where on the Mizbech. And don't worry. We're not worried about that. That's not the issue. We're not worried about the burning. And our public suggestion is not putting the Kohanim in any danger of burning the wrong carbonos. Okay. Right. So you're saying, why would they confuse them? Right. So if you say it's just a bloody mess of flesh and blood and all these things. Right, it's a pile, so then that's, right, so you can't really separate it out. But they can recognize it. It's not like it's impossible to tell what's what, uh, just by looking at it. It's just that you have to be organized, is the point. Right, very good. So now, I was going to say, okay, so now, like we said, Rapapa's saying that the korbanos are just left to rot there overnight. As long as the murim, as aforementioned murim, the kama mentioned, as long as they haven't been burned, the kohanim can't eat their meats yet, right? They're waiting for dinner. You might have thought that they could start eating the pulkies and all the thighs, right, uh, of the shlamim before burning everything the Imurim that Kama mentioned. It says in the Pasuk that only after they're maktir, right, the chelev, and they burn the Imurim, uh, can they eat. Only afterwards can they start eating. So now, as he's building the question, he asks the following. And until the Kohanim eat, then the Balam army is covered. We alluded to this earlier. The Tanya of Akhlo Sama Shekhu Parbahem, right? That the Pasuk says that that eating of the Kohanim is what is giving Kapar for the right owners. So we see two, like we said before, two very important parts of the Karbanos that are offering Kapar for the owners of the Karban. The one is the, the Dom services, but with these Karbanos specifically, it's the eating of the Kohanim that's causing Kapara for the owners. So then, if that's what is accomplished, and that is when the real Korban is, right? Because after all, that's what we're saying. When is the essence of the Korban taking place? Well, if the real, right, uh, what, what, what are you, right, uh, accomplishing? If you're not going to burn it, then you can't eat it, right? Then you can't eat the other, right, uh, the Korbanos, and then what is accomplished? You didn't get any Kapara. That was the whole point of bringing this Korban. So just throwing it on the Mizbeach is, is, is not really effective. It's not following through with any of your objectives. So Amalei, an incredible Kiddush, incredible Kiddush, that since you already brought the Korban, which means that you no longer can burn this Korban. It's in that sense, it's this unintentional, right, Balkarko. It's this thing that you can't control, that you no longer, it's like an external kind of reason, just like if it became Tame, or you lost it. So in the case where the Korban became Tame, or you lost it, you, we still say that you get the Kapara, we still allow the Kohanim to continue to eat, the Tanya, because we learned in the Bryson, Yochol Nitmu Shabdu, sometimes amazingly, those parts become Tame, or amazingly, you actually lose it. And therefore, what are we going to do? We're going to say you don't get kapara. We say lo yukhanim zakhanim b'chazev shok, or maybe more importantly, kohanim aren't going to eat dinner that night. Tamad lomar vayah chazel aronu banav. From that pasuk, we say mikol makom that no matter what happens, we're going to let them eat, and we're going to let them eat dinner. So if it's something out of your control, so we thought that the only thing that can be out of control is either becomes tummy or you lose it. No, another thing that can be out of, out of your control is if the shlamazel who came late, right, has now put the korban up there after the korban tamad has already been brought. That's also considered a situation outside of the control of kohanim, and therefore it is not me'ake if they can eat it, and therefore the baal korban does in fact get his his uh, kapara. But there's a contradiction. Rav Kahana says um, 
with regards to completing everything before the Korban Tamshel Benabayim, it says, Ad Boker Hu Delo Yalin. It's only until morning that they can remain unburned. Hakol Alayla Kulo Yalin. It sounds from that Pasuk that you can write, um, that it can remain, but it has to be burned before the Korban Tamshel Shacha. Viksiv, Viktir Alayah Chalvashlamim. But elsewhere, it says, Alayah Hashlam Kolar Karbanos Kulam. Right? That, that, that you have to complete all the sacrifices, right, on the, on, on that Korban, and not on the Korban Tamshel Benabayim. So the Rav Kahana says, Now, who most of love, who Mefarakla, should need Toysru. Right? In other words, Rav Kahana asked the question himself, but it was really a rhetorical question. He says the first pasuk is talking about where the fats were left over and the blood was thrown on the right. The blood was thrown on the mizbeach before the tamid. So just finishing up, two more minutes. Rami or Safra Lerav, another contradiction. Right? It says that the carbon that the carbon right of the pesach can't remain until the morning. We say elsewhere Right? That the means that. Only the Shabbos and the Yontif can stay on those days overnight. But the Olas Chol, right, can't be burnt on Shabbos, right? And the Olas Chol can't be burnt on Yontif. Well, we have a very specific thing here. With the Korban Pesach, isn't, uh, if you have something that's brought, right, part of the Korban Pesach that's thrown on a weekday, by definition, because it's Erev Yontif, and then how could you burn it that night when it's already Yontif, when it's already Pesach? That is a very specific case when we're talking that what Erev Yontif Shechalios B'Shabbos we have today, because you can't, the fats can't be brought, uh, those Chalvei Shabbos can't be brought on Yontif. To which they're going to say that the whole pasuk is talking about just based on this one conundrum that you have. So Rav says, Don't don't ask me. Ask the pasuk. The pasuk itself is dachuk. Incredibly, he's saying that that's how strong the question is. The question of lighting it on Shabbos is so strong that we actually have to modify the pasuk to a very specific case of Shabbos in order to understand the pasuk cleanly. And so we arrive at the Mishnah on the bottom of the Testament base. Well,